You're in for a very special treat today. We have a guest minister who is also a prophetic encourager. And I just want to say before he comes, if you happen to get a word today, by all means, order the CD. They're available. Uh, just fill out the form out there. And if you'd like to sit down with someone and listen to your word and judge it and determine how to p- apply it and steps of action, because all prophecy is conditional on our obedience, amen? Uh, Jeff and Sean Ferris have made themselves available. You have to make an appointment, of course. You can do that through me or whatever. Uh, to sit down with each person that wants to do this and apply these words and progress in the name of the Lord. Uh, Tom Stammen uh, comes here every year and stirs us up for good. He exhorts us. He edifies us. He comforts us. He has orphanages all over the world. He's the real deal. I've been to see his operation in Minnesota. He's the real deal. Come right on. Tom Stammen. God is good. And all the time. And the devil's bad. And all the time. And he is bad the bone. Amen? Quien vive? No Hispanics. Okay. All right. Just checking. Thought I'd have some here in Texas. So good to be here today. Two weeks ago, it was snowing in Minnesota. As I said this morning, we're the one state that prays for global warming. It's not happening. It was so cold that day, there was a guy that robbed a bank, and the police officer said, freeze, and he did. Right, right there in Minnesota. So good to be here. Thank you, Pastor, for having me come. I do appreciate that. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to share with you today, it could be like a Halloween message. This is the scariest verses to me in the Bible for Pentecostal charismatics. These are scary verses. And so I want to encourage you to look those over. And sometimes we choose not to read certain verses because they're challenging. But every word is, comes from God that's in that Bible. Amen. So I encourage you to turn in your Bible, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Do encourage you in preparation to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes. If you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50-pound purse. Or take out your cell phone, iPad, Kindle, neighbor's shirt, whatever, but write down these things. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Father God, help us to take this warning extremely seriously. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many many here had parents? Raise your hand. Most everybody. And how many had a parent that scared the sin out of you? My mama could yell so loud, Helen Keller could hear her. My mama laid hands on me. When I disobeyed one time at Kmart, I came home and my mama gave me the black and blue light special. We never had a timeout. We had a lights out. Wham! Or knockout. You know, timeout stuff. And she put the fear of mom and the fear of God in me. How many had a parent like that say, uh-huh? Well, these words put more fear in me than my mama. Let's look through it real carefully. Chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people that pray a prayer. There's a lot of Christians that say they believe. 
but their actions deny that. Anybody can say, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean that Jesus really is Lord. You can even say to your spouse, I love you and do nothing. How good is that going to be? It might work for the first year of marriage. It won't work in the long run. One day my wife said to me, I like your muscles. I said, which ones? I like your leg muscles. Will you go downstairs and get me some water? She's a tricky one. It's a lot less talk and a lot more action, I think, is what God wants, right? James even said this, the half-brother Jesus, if a man says he has faith but has no works, his faith is dead. And you could say, Lord, Lord, but that doesn't mean that Jesus is Lord of your life. A lot of words, not a lot of actions. There's four types of people in the world. You might want to write this down, make it simple. There's the shepherds or pastors. The word pastor uh, in Spanish and shepherd is the same word as pastor. And God raises up shepherds and pastors and ministers and elders and prophetic and apostles, etc. to help us. They take care of the sheep. The second group of people, a larger group, is the sheep. And the sheep come to church to get fed, to get loved, to get hugged, to get uh, encouraged, to maybe find a mate, okay, to, to be blessed, and they're there to help the shepherd somewhat. The third type of people are goats. They talk like sheep and walk like sheep, but they're not sheep. They're goats, and goats like to butt heads because they're uh, etc. The fourth type of people is a wolf. What do you do with a wolf? Bring out your two angels, Smith and Wesson. And those are people that want to divide the flock. They want to ruin people. They want to hurt people. They want to abuse the kids. And so you can say you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because you go to McDonald's doesn't mean you're a hamburger. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. All my parents are Christians. God doesn't have grandkids. He only has children. So people can say, Lord, Lord. And many people have fallen away from God because they've said, if that's a Christian, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. But they weren't a Christian. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian. One of the easiest things for the devil to do is to hit someone to say they're a Christian and act like the devil. And the world says, see, that's Christianity. That's not Christianity. Can't hear you. Amen. A Christian is someone who is like Jesus. Amen. If you're not loving, don't tell people you're a Christian. Tell them you're a Jehovah's Witness. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I'm kidding. They did a survey back in the 70s to ask Jehovah's Witnesses, what's your favorite rock group? By far number one, the Doors. Book of James, the Doors. Then there was the dyslexic atheist that doesn't believe in dogs. Anyways, just keep going here. So people can say they believe, they can say Jesus is Lord, but it doesn't mean that they're Christian. They can pray a sinner's prayer, but it doesn't mean that they're really saved. Time will tell if they're really saved or not. I've had people say, I've been burnt by Christians. I've been burnt, I'll tell you this, I've been burnt by Christians over $800,000. That's more than some people make. Someone said, how do you feel? I said, I'm just a burnt offering. Don't throw your faith away because of someone who claims to be a Christian, but they're not a Christian. 
We don't follow man or woman. We follow Jesus Christ. And as long as your eyes are on him, it will help you overcome the people that are weak. Now, as I preach, I stop in the middle and I pray for people because I believe that God has a great word for people. And one of the people I want to pray for was a younger man, and it's this one right here. So why don't you stand up? Amen. And I want some people to come stand by him. Amen. And start sweating. And, um, and I called him out because I believe that God has such a wonderful plan for him. But there's a lot of temptations. There's a lot of things that come after you. And I pray that when you come to church, he will take notes or no Sunday lunch. Amen. I think that could be almost a rule for every young person in the church. Take notes or you get to fast on Sunday. Amen. I also pray this, that during the worship next Sunday, his hands are going to be in the air praising God, not in his pockets, counting his pennies, even though he's a Pentecostal. Well, it's better than having a dollar and being an idolater. Thank you. I appreciate the pastor's wife not liking my jokes. This is not going good. But what God is telling... How old are you? 16, 17? Very good. God is telling him, I want you to be a model young person so that everybody younger than you and even people two, three, four years older than you will say, if that's what being a Christian is, I want to be a Christian. Not just attend, not just, okay, I'll get it over with. How long is it going to last if there's any good-looking girls here? Okay, okay. But to come because he has the right motives because he's going to live for God in Jesus' name. Is that good? Amen. Give him a hand. He's smart too. Amen. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Roy Rogers. Remember that, Roy Rogers? When he was in high school, he got arrested. Have you heard about that? He took a gun to school because he took a class called trigonometry. Trigonometry. Okay, that's not the funniest joke I have, but I just want to share that with you because I'm down in Texas. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, keep going. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So point number two, write this down. The question I want to ask you is, are you doing God's will? And one of the words in the Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, And everything give, for this is the... Of God. How hard is it to say thank you to God for what He's done? It must be. Join a worship team and watch people in the church not even sing. Oops, let's skip that point. Um, I'm not, I don't have a good voice. We can't hear you anyway. It doesn't matter. I sing solo. Solo, nobody can hear me. See, Christians don't tell lies. They sing them. I will worship with all my heart. I will bow down. It's a weird bow. I would dance like David danced. Looks like a junior high boy in a school dance. And how sad it must make the father feel that we can't even sing a song. Can we even just be thankful? People bellyache about this country as far as they don't get enough free food. They don't like their free phone. They don't like... I've I've given away free food and they complain about the food that's free. If you don't like free food, get a job. Sorry about that. I'm not offending anybody in this this church. 
People are ungrateful. Kids are ungrateful. Not yours, of course. How many parents here have children? And there's children who don't even say thank you. You ever hear a kid tell their mom and dad, I hate you. Can I have 50 bucks? <laughs> what is that all about? Are people ungrateful? Are we thankful to God? I mean, it's not like you don't have good music here. Hello? I've been to churches where they'd skip the music. It's horrible. Almost makes me want to backslide. It's so bad. But I love Jesus. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to sing louder than everybody else because they're breaking my eardrums. But you got shake and bake up here. Come on. And I, I, you know, he's good, but I heard his wife sing. And, dude, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but she kind of knocked it out of the park today. I mean, I know he's famous. He was with that, you know, out of that earth, wind, and fire group or something. Elijah had the earth, wind, and fire. And, uh, but his wife was awesome. Let's give her a hand this time. Is that okay? Sorry, Shake. You're good, but she, I'm behind every successful man, surprise mother-in-law. So if you, if we, not just you, if we can't even do the basic thankfulness to the will of God, what else aren't we doing? Can't hear you. The will of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul says, I'm an apostle according to the will of God. God has a plan for you. God has a calling for you. The Bible says, do not be unwise, understand what the will of God is. You've got to find the will of God. And we do that in a variety of ways. The number one way we find the will of God is read the Bible. Turn off the hell of vision and get a vision. Facebook is good. Facebook is better. Read it. Well, that's what I need to do. I don't know how many times I pray over people. I see you going on a mission trip. Well, I don't know if it's God's will. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, but I'm not Chinese. He says, go ye. Another guy said, well, I'm not Korean. Go ye. Another guy from Georgia, before the lights went out in Georgia, said, go y'all. I've had people tell me, I'm afraid to fly. i got to have my feet on the ground at all times. Well, how do you drive a car, Flintstones? I have my feet on the ground at all. How do you sleep at night? Hey, get your feet on the ground. You may hurt yourself. Besides, the Bible says there's a pilot in the Bible. Pontius was a pilot. I'm just trying to make you look good, Pastor Alan. How am I doing? I'm doing great. I can't, people say, like, can't wait for him to come back next week. Woo! That guy's gone. Need a year break from him. Careful. You just hurt my feeling, man. I only got one left. I'm in the ministry. What's your calling? I was in Kenya. And the service is supposed to start at 11. It's now 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> I hate being late. And I um, was sitting there waiting. So I started giving out candy because a candy man can because he mixes it with love. That could be a song. And uh, then I ran out of candy, so I 
gave my money and bought all kinds of more candy. And there must be cell phones in kids' ears in Kenya. There's free candy in the park. Bring all your friends. I don't know how they found out. Hundreds of kids came. And then I ran out of money. So I sat there, one sat on my lap, the one sat on my lap. I had two on this leg and two on that one and three on this one and three on that one. And pretty soon I'm hugging all these kids. I mean, I felt like I was an Oreo cookie. <laughs> and they started pulling hair out of my arms. I don't know, Shake, do you have a lot of hair in your arms? I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. But I have a lot of hair. They want a white man's souvenir. Hey, look what I got. <laughs> And we're just having it, just kind of waiting around. And, and the Spirit of God said to me this. He said, that's what I like about you the best. You love my kids. Because you go to prophetic meetings and you watch who the prophets call out. It's the pastor, his wife, two deacons, and three rich people. Almost no prophets would ever take the time to pray for young people, ever. Anybody know why? What's that? They don't give money. Where is the call of God? That's why the prophetic is so essential to help eliminate part of the will of God for you. Not all of it. That comes through prayer and fasting and the Word and being underneath a pastor and growing and being open. But part of it is the prophetic. And there's people that don't come to prophetic meetings because they're afraid they might have to change. There's a church I was at a couple weeks ago. I love the guy. The pastor's a good friend of mine. He said, oh, I forgot you're back again. Now I have to do more for God. I just want to retire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How many here want to do more for God? Raise your hand. How many are not satisfied where you're at? Say amen. Amen. How many got a call of God? Say amen. Are you listening to me, Verizon? I mean, Christian? Because he has a destiny for you. It's the will of God. You can't just say, I said a prayer one time, Jesus, isn't that enough? No, you got a call of God. There's a will of God for you, and you need to fulfill it. How many can say amen? You know what, folks? And you might be getting older. How many are? Age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to pray for this man in the, I don't know what color shirt this is. Something in white, blue and white, whatever. You look Hispanic. I'm not saying you are, but I want you to the APA stand up and we're going to pray for him. And I want a couple people to put a hands on him. So sneak over, put a hand on him. And I'm really believing God that this church is going to have a Bible school training center. We talked about that first service. And I believe that God has given you a pastoral heart to love and help people. That there is a zeal in this man. Yeah, you'll work another job or career or business, but the ultimate calling, bringing people to God, discipling people, and having a daddy's heart. God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. I pray that you will prosper him enough that he no longer has to work for money to live. He works for money to give in Jesus' name. That God, he'll be a mighty leader. You may not stay here forever. Because one day God will not just have you attend, he'll, you'll be sent out in Jesus' name. Use this couple, let them be discipled, let them be trained in the call of God and impact hundreds of people in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Give him a hand in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And I see you guys ordaining numerous people. You see, this church is not just an attending church. This church is a sending church. That is a great, and the word apostle means to be sent. See, many churches do not want the prophetic, number one, and probably even more churches don't want missionaries to come because it takes money away from what they want to do. But this church is different, amen. See, this, your influence is not just here. Our ministry alone that you guys support, we're in 55 countries. That means you're in 55 countries. And you're spreading that seed to the nations because it is the will of God in Jesus' name. Find out the will of God. Hang out. Come back tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be hot outside anyway. And get a word from the Lord. Amen. It can change your destiny. Amen. See the two girls next to you? They need to be in Bible school, at least part-time, if not full-time. You're welcome. All right, let's keep going here. It says this. Many will say to me in that day, why don't you circle in your Bible that day? That day is coming. By the way, this couple right here, I can't see with the cap on. All those cute-looking kids, are, are they, like, related to you or you know them or what? I can't hear you. How many you got? You're just getting started. Congratulations. <laughs> Amen. Give them a hand. Four kids. That's awesome. Amen. Keep on going, man. Keep ahead of the Muslims. I didn't say that in church, did I? This isn't Canada. It's still legal. Um, anyway, it's awesome. Amen. So let's keep going here. It says this. Uh, that day. There's a judgment day coming, is it not? And we have to stand before Jesus and have to answer. How many here have ever had your boss say, we need to get together at Monday at 9 o'clock? Oh, great. How many said, just get it over with? How many of you said, when dad, maybe you heard, when dad gets home, you're going to get it? Mom, just beat it out of me right now and get it over with. One kid came up to me when I was a little kid and said, my daddy can beat up your daddy. I said, how much would that cost? <laughs> After, I've got a whooping. That's a new song. I've got a whooping. You could sing that, couldn't you? How many here weren't the best kids growing up? Raise your hand. I went to a certain denomination. I won't tell you which one. And one day my mama brought me to a Pentecostal church. And that preacher was preaching, bring all your problems and leave them at the altar. Bring all your problems and leave them at the altar. After about 20 minutes of that, my mama said, amen, grabbed me by the shirt, brought me to the front of the church and left me right there at the altar. It's a little family note. A number of you said, well, where's your wife? My wife's from Honduras, and she is, lives there about 80% of the time. And I go down there every month. And for many years, I was the, the good time daddy. I brought presents, and games, and fun. Everybody always looked forward to me coming. Now I go every month. I, got to, I get to do discipline. Yuck. I don't like the discipline part. And my wife grew up really good, so she sits the kids down. Can you believe Joni did this? What did he do? She tells me, yeah, I can believe that. 
Why? I, I knew somebody that used to do that too. But every bad thing almost every kid's done, I, I did too. She said, what kind of kid were you? <laughs> Not a very good one. <laughs> so I'm reaping what I sowed. <laughs> but how many here had Jesus change your life? Say amen. You were that way. But Jesus can change you. Is that natural? Amen and amen. And that day, there's a day coming, friends. We're going to have to answer. I shared the first service uh, about a year ago. I got a, a ticket. I went through a stop sign. And the police officer said, did you not see the stop sign? I said, well, to be honest with you, I'm a minister. I have to tell you the truth. I, I didn't see it. He said, then why didn't you stop? I said, because I didn't see you. <laughs> I didn't see you. Amen. So sometimes we're a little bit sneaky, but how many know he knows everything? And be sure your sin will, say it, find you out. So a guy was in my house. We, my wife's a saint. We've had between 10 and 25 people living in our house at all times for the last 10 years. Not family. You guys have tried that, right? Exactly. It's really fun. And um, one of the guys, I had to kick out, so I kicked him out. And the next day, I was forced to go to get my, the, the driver's license place. You know, you stand in line for eight hours, and there's eight people working, but only one helps. That's demonic and satanic. And so I'm waiting in line, and the guy had me to ask him, so where do you live? And the guy, it's amazing, he quotes my address. I went, well, that's my address. And I looked and went, it's the guy that just got kicked out. And he's going for his license, and he uses the address, but he just got kicked out for his business. And I tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> you should have seen his face. Wow. It was whiter than Casper. I mean, be sure your sin will. You might not have got caught, but how many know God knows everything? In that day. That should put a little fear of God. Jesus said, don't be afraid of people who kill you. I went, well, that's kind of a stretch. How many of you ever get nervous if somebody like wants to kill you? I mean, the first prophecy I ever got down in Missouri, Missouri, when I was 17, is I was going to be a martyr. So they said, I see you becoming a martyr. I went, really? Awesome. What is it? You're going to be killed for God. I went, oh, I'm 17. I don't want to be killed for God. And now I pray, oh, God, please let it not be. Ahmed Pee Wee Herman with an unsharp sword trying to get ahead in life. I'm not trying to be a cut up. I'm going to ask you a question before I go on. Is there anything you need to adjust in your life before that day? You know what? I'd rather find out now and after it's too late. Deal with the stuff now. I want that man in the back kind of sitting like this, like this. Come up here. You look Hispanic. I don't know if you are or not, but you look it. Amen. I want a bunch of guys come put a hand on it. Come on, guys. Come on, yellow shirt dude. And uh, come on, brother, help me pray for him. You ready? Here you go. I am so excited that you're here because this man is a worker. If I could tie you down and ship you in my suitcase, I could have you come to a place like Honduras and run the farm, run the business. There is destiny in him to succeed as a leader in Jesus' name. 
I pray when I put my hand on his heart, fresh fire in his heart to worship and know you in Jesus' name. I pray, God, he would coach kids to succeed. That doesn't have to be a sports team. It can be just coaching them in life in Jesus' name. I speak this day, every curse of poverty that's been put on him will be broken in the name of Jesus. That he'll be free to earn as much as he can to give it away to help others in Jesus' name. I pray for opportunities one day to preach with authority in Jesus' name. That you send him to many nations, obviously Hispanic nations, but even other countries that he's not directly tied into, but he'll go and bring the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. That God, he'll be a family man. That his kids will say, I want to be like my daddy. The devil has fought you and tried to destroy you. It's a miracle you're even breathing today. But God rescued you and delivered you to be a mighty man of God and to bring the good news to those who have never heard the news. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. What do you think about that one? Is that good? Como se llama? Martin. Where are you from? De Don Dieris. I'm from Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Fort Worth, you came all the way here. Give him a hand. Give him a Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's why everything you do will have to be videotaped and the podcast or web streaming, whatever that stuff is called, so people around the world will learn and grow by watching this service. How many can say amen? And by the way, when are you going to do a CD for your worship team here? Exactly. Okay, thank you. Because you need to do that. It's incredible. Let's look at verse number 22. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? That is not a liberal denomination verse. That is not a denomination who doesn't believe in the Bible. That is our people. That scares me. That scares me that I can prophesy, I can cast out devils, signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't even get to go to heaven. Does that, like, freak anybody out? So I'm like, oh, thank God I don't cast demons out of people then. Because thank God I don't prophesy. I just, nothing to do with me. These are people that are moving in miracles, and they're not even believers. This is a scary verse. Does that make sense? See, we're going to go over what God wants. But I tell you what, you always want to walk with Jesus. There's not one thing in this world worth going to hell for. How many can say amen? Not your money, not having affairs, not running around, not, not being selfish. It's time to seek God. Amen. You see, Many people serve God out of love, but sometimes we serve God out of fear. Does that make sense to anybody? I was more motivated to be good by fear than love. Why do I, why do I slow down? It's not because I want to live longer, because I don't want to get a ticket. Whenever I see a police officer when I'm driving, I automatically put on my brakes, even if I'm not speeding. Out of habit. Because I fear I might get pulled over, I might get caught. I only go six over, maybe five. Maybe 5.5. But there's a fear there, and it's, it's a good kind of fear. See, and God is saying, look, just because you have miracles, just because somebody even comes in, just because even I prophesy over people doesn't even mean that I'm a Christian. The Bible actually says a little bit earlier, I didn't get time to preach on this, that you'll know them by their what? You've got to be a fruit inspector. 
In the last days, people are going to come in with signs and wonders and miracles, and they're living for the devil. But they they look good. The miracles are powerful. But that doesn't mean they have a relationship with Jesus. I'm talking to you. Are you listening to me? This is very important to understand. Thank God you got saved 40 years ago. But are you serving God today? How many women want your man to love you at least as well as he did when you were courting? If not better, say amen. Give him a look in the eyes and say, amen. The fear of God just came over some guys right now. Amen. Dude, that's fuzzy wuzzy back there. You got seriously nervous, man. I, wow, your face is redder than a redneck. Move over, Jeff Foxworthy. Amen. Just telling you that right now. See, may God. We need to at times to examine ourselves. The Bible says, and see if we're in the faith. Look at yourself. Am I really serving Jesus? Let me ask you a question. Was there a time you were more on fire for God than you are right now? Now there's a man back there, kind of sitting like this next to the little baby there and the lady with the pretty blonde hair I'm talking to you I want you to come up here my people want to talk to your people and uh, I want some people put a hand on this guy and uh, God has raised up awesome leaders in the church now you with somebody are you married and stuff it's your wife oh, I thought it was your daughter okay why don't you come stand by him for a minute there Sorry about that. No, no, no hard feelings. I know. I, yeah. And and he is a man that is dependable. If you ask him to do something, he will do it with a hundred percent. Now the Bible says that we serve God with gustoso. That's the English word gusto, but with everything we have, and that's what this man does. The wisdom he has is like a deep five hundred foot well of water that comes up and refreshes people. For the Scripture says, He that refreshes others will himself be refreshed. We thank you that he has the heart of a deacon or elder, Lord. We thank you that he has dedicated himself to the call of God, to the kingdom of God, and to serving pastor. We appreciate that in Jesus' name. And you're going to eat really healthy. Your wife's going to make you food that maybe doesn't doesn't look or taste the best, but it keeps you alive a long time. Exercising. We've got to have this guy live a long time in Jesus' name. Even teaching Bible studies, raising up people, amen, discipling people, even working with younger people. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. He's not getting older. He's getting bolder in Jesus' name. Thank you that there's a Holy Spirit aggressive enough to cast out devils. This man is also the real deal. Hope you have a passport, unless you can swim, because you're going to use it. Amen. What a, what a catch you got in this couple. Amen. Wow. Here we go. It says this. Then I shall declare to them, this is horrible. I never knew you. But, 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 but Lord, I've done miracles. But, but I, I didn't know you. You know, God is really about relationship. Did you know that's true? It's all about knowing Jesus. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Do you take the time to know him? Do you? Last year I hit 
two deer, one sheep, a raccoon, and a cat. And somebody backs into me at a meeting. So I called the police. They came over, and the lady's crying. She's got MS, and she's crying. I felt bad for her. And the police says, why don't you just come outside? And I did. And Put your hands behind your back. I'm arresting you. I went, this is not a joke. It's a true story. I said, are you kidding? He says, no. What I do? You're in possession of a stolen vehicle. So I've been renting from Hertz for seven years. The paperwork's in the car. This is in a church parking lot. And what happened was Hertz made a mistake in the car rental. I have a multi-month rental. I've been renting for seven years. And they put it down for one day. And they never called me. I didn't know it. I'm going to jail. So I, I, I texted my son. You know, there's, and there's actually one state you can text and drive at the same time. Do you know that? Text us. So, anyways, but um, so I, I, I did this. I'm, I'm texting my son. I'm going to jail, but I'm totally innocent. And uh, get me out of here. Here's a number. Call me. 309. And so I went to jail. The first guy I saw, he had um, devils on one arm and saints on the other. Schizophrenic person. He needs Jesus. I prophesied and he got saved. I got a brother in prison or jail. And then I went to the cell block H called hell. And the first question everybody asked me was, what are you in here for? Spousal abuse? I went, do I look like a spousal abuse man to you? I am a preacher. I'm in here for stealing a car. I mean, I didn't do it. But, but, but I'm, I mean, you know what? Everybody was innocent there. Everybody was. I, I became president of the I didn't do it club. Unbelievable. So my son's an attorney. Called me up. What's going on? I said, I don't know. Get me out of here. I got to preach tonight. <laughs> I even texted the guy. I'm going to jail, but I'm innocent. I'll be here today. Don't call me. You can't get a hold of me until later on. I'll see you tonight. And Hertz finally admitted they made a mistake. And my <coughs> son called up uh, the, the district attorney. said, get my dad out of jail. Hertz made a mistake. Now. He has to pay a bail. And my son said, we're Christians and we don't serve bails. He's got to post a bond. We don't do bondage either. Get him out or I'm suing you. So I got out of jail free. Of course, I didn't have a car because it was a rental car. They took my car. <laughs> it's a different story. But so he called up Hertz and said, thank you for being honest. We sure appreciate that. And we're going to sue you for putting my dad in jail. So I got 15 free months car rental. I made $11,000 in jail legally. I say that story to tell you this. There's not a whole lot to do in jail, but to get to know God. He said, I had 11 hours to really get to know him really well because I couldn't sleep on that little mat. And Jesus said, well, you've been really busy lately. Yes. Do I have your full undivided attention? Absolutely. Let's talk. <laughs> I just hope you don't have to go to jail to talk to Jesus. We had a nice conversation. Mostly I listened. Some of you ain't been listening. Some of you have not been taking the time to be with Jesus. God forbid that one day we'll stand before him and he'll say, who are you again? I don't think we've ever met. I guess you just didn't, 
You had to watch the Cowboys win, something we never experienced in Minnesota as a winning team. But you had time to play around, the time to do that, but you never had time for me. Oh, see you later. I guess we won't see you later, like forever. That's a scary scripture, is it not? Depart from me. This sermon should be preached, except for the jokes, in every church. What, the jokes or the sermon? No, okay. Depart from me. I don't know you. Finally, last point, then we'll wrap it up here. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Let me share a scripture, then we're going to be done. I usually don't bounce around the Bible, but Galatians 5, 4. Why don't you turn to that if you got your Bible there. And how many here are kind of a simple person? When, when I was in school, I got an F in English from the teacher taught on synonyms. I said it's my favorite cereal, Toast Crunch. So I like things simple. Kiss, keep it simple, stamina. Galatians 5.14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The law is love your neighbor. Lawlessness is not loving your neighbor. You've heard this phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How much do we care? Hmm? When I, I'm on airplanes, I fly a lot, talk to a lot of people. They don't care. I'm a, I do evangelism work or prophetic work. The only time they ever care is, what do you do for a living? We feed kids. We take kids from the garbage dumps that are dying, and we give them life. People say, what are you? Are you an apostle? They ask me, are you a prophet? Are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor, a teacher? What are you? I said, I'm a daddy. I'm a daddy. We love kids. The hardest thing in my life is not traveling. The hardest thing is my wife has to live in Honduras 80% of the time to manage the 90 employees, the 72 orphans, the, the 120 kids in school. To be away from it is so hard. But we have to do it for the kids, at least for this season in our life. It's all about loving people. And you can't just say, I love people. When kids are starving to death, we can't just say, I love you. Let me say a prayer for you, a little prayer for you, and walk away. And not even feed them, not even help them. What are our priorities? It's lawlessness. Not to obey the most simple law. Love people as yourself. I can't say I love people as myself if all my money is spent on myself. I can't say I love people as myself if all my spare time is for me. God doesn't want to tithe. He wants at least 50% to love your neighbor as yourself. He wants you to love people. Mother Teresa said this. We're the only hands that Jesus has. My wife said to me many times as people come to help us down Honduras and leave and help us and leave and help us to leave. She said, when it comes down to it, only you and I love those kids. People come and go and come and go and come and go and come and go. And Jesus loves kids. How his heart must break that his church, his hands, his arms have forgot about loving people. Why do I love coming here? 
Because this is a loving church. And God wants to love more people. How many can say amen? Do you have lawlessness? Not just disobeying the speeding laws, but lawlessness. Not obeying the most simple command. Love people as yourself. Do you love people as yourself? In court, could you prove that you love people not more than yourself, but as yourself? Can you do that? Because one day we'll stand before the judge. Thank God for grace and thank God for forgiveness. I realize that. But did we love people as ourselves? That will be a question that will be asked. As a, my son's a lawyer, as an attorney, I'm preparing you for the question, did you love people as yourself? Or did you not? And he'll review our life like a video. How many here could probably make a few more adjustments in your life? Raise your hand. Because we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us, to answer for what we did, good or bad. That's what the Word of God says in Paul's letters to the Corinthians. Would you bow your heads and I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to meet Jesus? If you, life died today, if you died today, where would you go? You need forgiveness. You need Jesus. I'm not trying to say we're saved by our works because we're not. I'm trying to say this, is that we need Jesus because we all have flaws when it comes to obeying his laws. We can't even obey the most easy one, love people. We need Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus today and have God wash away your sins on the count of three. I want you to raise your hand on the count of three as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Are you ready to do that? There's already a hand in the air. That's excellent. Keep your hand up there. If you need to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand as high as you can. There's three hands in the air. Amen. There's now four hands. There's five hands, six hands. Keep your hands up there in the air. There's another hand, seven. There's eight Amen. I'm going to count to three. You get ready to raise your hand. There's another hand in the back to give your heart to Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand to give your life to Jesus. Raise it up as high as you can. Let me count the hands. High as you can. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen people. Amen. Put everybody put your hands on your heart. Everybody put your hands on your heart. Everybody say Jesus. Come on, say his name, Jesus. Save me. Forgive me. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord and Savior of the world and me. I repent. I turn to God in Jesus' name. Help me be more loving in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you guys. We're going to show you a quick PowerPoint. Tonight we'll show you a video. Tonight's service starts at what time? Are the Cowboys playing tonight? Are the Rangers playing? Are the Astros playing? Who cares? Um, the rocket scientists? Okay. All right. So come to church tonight at 6. One word can change your life forever. We're going to show you a quick PowerPoint quick. So go ahead. Tap it. IMI, Impact Ministries, which I'm president of, we are in 55 nations for a variety of reasons and a variety of activities. won't go through all of them now. Next. We want to highlight a few things we do. We believe agriculture changes culture. Next. We don't want to just give food. We want to take farmland and produce food and provide jobs. So we have banana tree plantation and orange trees in Uganda. Next. We also have pigs and cows in Uganda. Next. We raise all our own corn in Uganda. There's a kernel of truth. Next. It's amazing. 
we've uh, decided to build a rubber tree plantation. We bounced back. It's doing very well. Next. We have 25 cows in Honduras. We're moving ahead. A year ago, we had zero cows. Nice, nice. Quiet. Next. He said, he said stop milking the funds. That's actually what's funnier than me. Um, we have 17 to 1,800 fruit trees. All of it has to be irrigated, and they're producing fruit. Next, in Honduras. We raise all our own corn, all our own beans. Next. Next. We now have five tilapia ponds. Some of the ponds are, are, are about three-fourths the size of this building. That's how big they are. Next. Uh, we had 10 baby pigs 10 days ago. Our goal is to have a 1,000 of them. Next. It's not a bad idea to have sheep and goats. We have 80 of them. We're raising them for milk and meat. Next. We have our own tractor barn we built last year since I was here. Next. And John Deere gave us a corn sheller. I'm actually speaking for John Deere in two weeks. I'm so excited. Next. Uh, we have a Juan Deere tractor in Honduras. It's wonderful. Next. Education. Next. Very important. I listen to Dr. Ben Carson speak on education. So we, we have schools in Uganda. Next. Next. In Bangladesh, a Muslim country, we have 100 kids in our school. Next. Where pastor was, lived for a while, we have 100 students in our school in Liberia. Next. We also have another school in Liberia at our orphanage, 30 kids. Next. In Honduras, we built this school in 2013, and we had 60 kids in our school. In February, we had 120. It doubled in one month. That caused a problem. We had to build two more classrooms, which we got done in two months. Next. And put in new bathrooms. Next. Our schools have computers in them. A Ho-Chunk Casino, believe it or not, donated 20 computers. And I prayed about it. And I took the gamble, and we, we took the computers. But our schools are, are um, have electricity, have air conditioning. Next. Next. Two little girls there. We got them, and they're three months old. They're my kids. They're now twins. We have four sets of twins in our, in our, in our orphanage. Next. Next. Before the Ebola bro- breakout happened, was it uh, June last year, we built a brand-new orphanage in Liberia. We now have 36 kids in Liberia at our orphanage. Next. Uh, we've been supporting orphanages in India. Next. Two of them. Next. And Honduras. Uh, last year, we built this girls' orphanage. Guess who picked the colors in the girls' orphanage. Quiet. Next. This was built by somebody right here in Granbury, this boys' orphanage. We're now building our second boys' orphanage on the property. We broke ground this week. Next. This is our multi-purpose building. It's five rooms. Uh, one room, next, is a recreational room for the kids to play and be supervised. We have another room. Somebody donated a wrestling mat. We're starting our own wrestling team. Uh, we have another room for a workout gym. All our kids are going to be buff. Okay, they work out. My goal is to have one Olympic athlete come out of our village. We also have a room to kids to learn how to sew, and adults to have do sewing uh, clothes. Uh, people have told me well, that sounds like a sweatshop. It's not. We have air conditioning. Um, next, sorry, Pastor. You heard these jokes before. Uh, number one cause of death next, other than stopping breathing, is bad water. So we've been able to raise money for 31 water wells, eight countries. Next. Next. Feeding the poor, very important to our ministry. Next. Okay. Uganda, uh, 20 to 25 kids a month for the last seven, eight years. Next. Next. Guatemala. Between I met a guy named Phil uh, right here from this church. 
400 to even up to 1,000 kids a month, depending on our finances. Next. In the Philippines, 8,000 kids a month. We work through Feed My Starving Children. Next. Send a whole semi-truck a month. Next. Next. A lot of poor kids in the garbage dumps that are dying. Next. A friend of mine went there. This He saw 1,000 uh, little uh, tombstones of kids that are under two years old that died of starvation because of the tsunami. In Honduras, not only feeding 2,000-plus kids a month, we now raise all our own food to give away. Next. On our farm. Next. People wonder, where does the money go? <clears throat> this is what our property looked like in 2010. If you see if you can see the difference. Next. We're working on buildings, numbers 24 and 25. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Next. This is what it looked like when we first moved on, 2010. Next. Now we're remodeling that baby's dorm and making it bigger for more babies. Next. We have our own restaurant. Next. Our own grocery store. Next. And our own bakery. Our goal is to be totally self-sufficient. And this place makes money for the orphanage. Next. We have our own hardware store. Next. Next. We have our own hotel. So people come there. When you go down there, you stay in a beautiful hotel, nice beds, um, right on the campus. Next. 20 rooms. Next. 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 We have a brand new dining room we, we remodel. Next. And a kitchen. Next. And people are building houses down there. Somebody from Granbury that built a house down there. Next. Next. Um, you can build a house down there. We have our third house being built right now. Next. Uh, there's no doctors. You hear no doctors for 20,000 people. We have the only medical clinic. And uh, next, we just opened it up in March. We're hiring our first full-time, full-time doctor. Next. Next. My wife also works here as a doctor. Next. It's all set up. Next. Next. We have our own soccer field with artificial turf. We can play football on it so I can win at something. Next. Jake's on my team. He's going to be my, we'll play the same team. We'll win. Uh, everything is walled in. It's got uh, we have guards, so it's totally safe. Next. This is our first hotel we built, 2014. Ten rooms. Next. In the back, we put in a pool. And what we're doing is we're providing a place for every orphanage in Honduras to take a vacation. So now missionaries and orphanages are coming for a day of play, and they get to slide in the water slide. Some have never been in a pool before, ever. They get to come to our place and have fun. Next. If you get hot, jump underneath the mushroom and be a fun guy. Next. <clears throat> this is our juice bar. We rent this out, and people rent it, and we take the money, and we feed orphans. Next. 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 We bought 118 acres last year for our farm. Little Wendy was four years old and weighed 10 pounds. My son was born and weighed 10 pounds. Next. Here she is seven years later. She's even got muscles. Next. Amen. Lixie was burned by her mom so bad, the doctor gave her one day to live. She was screaming in pain from all the burn marks. But we spent a couple thousand dollars in blood transfusions. And next. There she is. She's a little butterfly with her twin sister. And they're happy. Next. This kid... God was three months old. His mom and dad used to pull him back and forth, arms, and uh, abuse him. At three months, we got him. He joined our orphanage. His name is Tomas Stammen. I'm not sure where he got his name. Next. He's smart, too, like his mother. <laughs> Next. we got nine kids in our orphanage that are in kindergarten. Next. Diego, our first preacher. Next. Next. Finally, the last... Um, Adriana, 
daughter of a prostitute. Her sisters are prostitutes. She's just finished her second year medical school. She's going to be a doctor going for year number three. Real quick, we feed between 11 and 12,000 kids a month, depending on the finances. And we have 500 kids in Christian school we pay for. And we also have about 200 orphans, give or take, every month that we, we pay for. And the unique thing about this offering is this. All the money we raise goes to help kids. So my wife and I don't take salaries out of our preaching. We get paid out of our rentals. So everything you give today will go to help kids. Amen. So please pray about what you can give this morning. I appreciate it. Pastor Allen.